Today on 5FM Extra Loud Mornings, we're joined by Ms. Lulama Mtanga, who's the founder and owner of Lulama Mtanga Legal Consultancy, specialist and expert in competition law. Uh, Lulama, thanks so much for joining us on 5FM Extra Loud Mornings. Uh, thank you, Nicole, and uh, thanks uh, for having me on your platform. I think something that a lot of us have become aware of as of late is competition law within the country, whether it is face masks that are uh, being pushed up to exorbitant prices when we need them the most or collusion when it comes to the prices of bread or data providers. There's always this theme that there's a, there's a law that's being broken, but we don't really know what to do about this. When it comes to competition laws in South Africa, how do they work and, and who actually governs them? Uh, firstly, I just want to say there's only one competition act in South Africa, and this is the Competition Act of 1998. So we don't have competition laws. We have a competition law, Com- Competition Act of 1998. That is my answer as to how competition law is governed, as to how competition law works. The Competition Act established three bodies. And these are the Competition Commission, the Competition Tribunal, the third one is the Competition Appeal Court. All the three bodies uh, sit in a hierarchy. At the bottom is the, is the Competition Commission, thereafter we have the Competition Tribunal, and then at the top we have the Competition Appeal Court. Beyond the Competition Appeal Court, matters can be taken uh, to the Supreme Court of Appeal, as well as and as far as the constitutional court um, obviously with the constitutional court only where there are matters that raise constitutional law issues if there's no constitutional issue the matter cannot be heard by the constitutional court so the matter would go as far up as the supreme court of appeal just a, a, a brief discussion on what the competition commission does uh, i would say the competition commission is the first port of call uh, of these um, three bodies. It is with the commission itself that both, that both consumers and companies will report conduct in the market that impacts them uh, negatively or that impacts consumers and companies negatively. Wow. Okay. So, it, I mean, it really sounds like all of the processes are in place to make collusion and fair trade possible yet it's something that still occurs. If, if I'm a consumer, just a normal person on the street, and I think or suspect that there is some sort of collusion going on or something that goes against the competition laws in South Africa, what is it that I can do? I mean, do I now have to lawyer up? Is it just as simple as sending an email or is it a, is it a massive process? Because it happens all the time and we can do something, mm-hmm. but if the process of getting things sorted out is so difficult, then, then it's just going to carry on happening. Um, as the consumer, you certainly uh, need not lawyer up, as you say. I'll use <laughs> your term for it. <laughs> Depending on how close the situation is to you, you may be an employee of a company, for example, that is involved in, um, in collusion. And therefore, you don't want to lose your job, but mm. you, you are concerned about what's happening. So you can actually um, anonymously report that conduct to the commission. If someone goes into the commission's website, they will see where, that, where, where, the, where the commission can be conducted. And that um, the fact that you have reported that conduct will actually be kept highly confidential and that never becomes an issue for the person who actually reports. And or, or, or the alternative is if you're, if you're a consumer and you mm-hmm. went and bought and you realize that this is, there's, some, there's some underhandedness um, that you suspect that may be arising from collusion, as you say, 
you would then you, you can actually approach the commission directly and raise it as a as a complaint we've had a number we've, we've had a couple not a number a couple of matters i remember um, many years ago there was an investigation against the motor vehicle industry and i remember that was um by yes. virtue of a, 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 a customer who went to buy a car and was unhappy that, about how about the discounts and the manner in which discount, the discounts were being offered to him. And he approached the commission. That person happened to be a lawyer, but not a competition law person. But he was aware enough, because not everyone is aware of competition law, even amongst us lawyers when they don't practice in the area. Mm-hmm. So he was, un, it, it became, he was aware of the, the, the wrongfulness of the conduct and he raised it and and and, um, and and reported it to the commission so to simply answer your question yes consumers can approach the commission to report any conduct that they suspect uh, they don't need to have direct uh, tangible evidence that this is happening they can actually um, as long as they have a reasonable basis of suspicion and they can then um, inform the commission it is the commission's duty and obligation to investigate it's not of the consumer or any person reporting that's amazing um you mentioned a, a website there that people could go to 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 lodge a concern or complaint and um, what was that again the, just to look up the details for lodging a complaint, um, it's the website of the commission is www.compcom.co.za. Compcom.co.za. So easy. Okay, that's amazing. Let's say I'm a business owner and I've come up with a concept. Um, it's maybe not an original concept, but it's a product that maybe exists, but I want to create my own one. Maybe the ingredients are slightly different. How would I go about, I suppose, not getting sued for like infringing on somebody else's brand? Is there, is there a, a route to go about making sure that I'm not going to get sued for this concept? Because there's, it's, there's a few available and I don't think I'm stealing anybody's, but maybe, maybe I am. Maybe it was copyrighted. How do, how do you check for something like that? Well, that's a different sphere of law completely. That would be governed by our intellectual property law. However, there is an interaction between that act and how competition law applies. Competition law, by its nature, it's a free-for-all kind of system. And the intellectual property act in in anywhere in the world, between these two laws, there is an interaction. The, the, in the first part, from a competition law perspective, competition law encourages uh, competition on a, on any aspect of what you do, even that which you pro, you, pro, you 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 created and invented. That's what competition law would like to see. Uh, that's fundamental in competition law. However, what limits that principle uh, coming from intellectual property act side of regulation is that. If people were to uh, become these free riders all the time, I, I, I create, you come and sell what I've created and you just mm. still basically become a free rider. It would stifle and almost kill uh, innovation in any industry and therefore in the whole economy. So to encourage and foster innovate, innovativity, we have the Intellectual Property Act for that purpose. And there, there has been a balance that's been created where competition law uh, recognizes up to a point um, anything that's been you know, uh, created and hence we have the principles set out in the Intellectual Property Act which are, are respected and observed under the Competition Act. That's good to know. So it's not necessarily just uh, with the competition law but there's also a separate body that, that handles that. That's, that's very... Oh yes, very oh yes. There's know. definitely okay. a tribunal. There. There's a separate tribunal that regulates your creative, your, on the creative side, innovative side hmm. of things trade industry and competition. 
So okay. there is a body that regulates that separately. Yes. Uh, Lulama, there's a lot of people that have now taken it upon themselves to um, innovate, to start their own small business, to get their side hustle going. Um, and they just know that they're passionate about something and they want to hit the ground running and they start going. Um, have you come across maybe certain faux pas or um, regulations that small business owners are not aware of self-start like startups they're not aware of these these regulations and laws and they've maybe breaking them without even knowing i would say uh i, I would say from uh, my perspective is that the the provisions of the act that that prohibit cartel conduct are the main ones mm. uh the you may you, the things that smaller players because they don't even have the right kind of legal advice and the right kind of lawyers, and they cannot afford them in most instances. They'll go about and doing, they'll go about doing things that are actually prohibited under the Act. Things like uh, your cattle conduct, uh, which is a collusion, basically. So um, bigger businesses kind of know by now that when they enter into certain types of agreements, they actually run those past a competition law expert to review them for certain clauses. I'll I'll, I'll give you an example of. Um, of a, of a clause that a, a small business, a specific clause that I think uh, would be very relevant to small businesses in relation to agreements. Um, you'll find that as a, you, you, you're a supplier or you produced a product. It's something that you created. It's your own creation and you're putting it out there. You're selling it. You start selling it to other small players because it's difficult to find good, bigger market channels to retail your products. And then you work with other small, smaller players who may not be aware of the Competition Act themselves. And in these agreements, you then have a clause that says, this is, my, this is what I've pr produced. You know, you created a product that competes with a quite um, popular products in the market, but they may have a dimension about them that makes the product more competitive. And because you're a smaller a producer, uh, and you have no overhead costs, you then, um, you're able to price competitively. So you, you you bring that product into the market at a lower price, and that's your interest, really. So you come in, and you tell the piece, the retailer, the retailers that are sourcing the product from you or procuring the product from you for on-selling by them, you then uh, impose a clause that says, this is the price at which I want you to sell my product. That is that is a that, that is a, one of the serious one of the serious contraventions of the Competition Act. Oh, wow. uh, that's Section Five Two. Yes, that's that's in, uh, there's not you can't even raise a, a defense for that by that price, and you force them to abide by the price. That would be uh, uh, that amounts to contravention of the Act. And so that those are smaller things that exist. That small I know that I know for a fact a lot of small smaller players are not aware of. And then the other one that I also want to maybe put out uh, and mention here in this um, in in our, in our discussion today is that you may have then established this business and it's doing well, well and you realize that uh, actually you could make a lot more money by just selling it off. And then you want to sell the business because there's a lot of goodwill to it that you feel uh, it, it's end its name and then you know you're going to make money out of selling it or you know, you're no longer interested in running the business for whatever reason. You want to sell that business. You may find that the business is part is entering into, into this sale transaction of this business. There should be, um, you should first check if you are not required to notify that transaction because if, if it meets the financial thresholds that have been set by the, um, by the by, under the Competition Act, you, uh, chances are it, it would be a notifiable transaction. 
and that's what the, 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 that's where the, that's one aspect that I think some of, of the smaller businesses or businesses that think they are small, but in actual effect they are not so small when you look at um, the turnover that they, they they generate and also look at the asset the underlying assets um, that these businesses have. Lulama, you honestly explain things so well. I'm so grateful that we've been able to to have a chat with you. Uh, unfortunately, that's all the time that we have for, for the show. Oh, thank you. And thanks for having me, Nicole, as I said to you. And, and thanks to your listeners. This is Ms. Lulama Mtanga, founder and owner of Lulama Mtanga Legal Consultancy, specialist and expert in competition law.